Hey, good morning. I received some interesting critiques from friends of mine about my previous video looking like an interrogation video. So I've continued to play around with my setup and I think I may now have a system that works. I forgot I actually own a computer and then I'm allowed to use tools other than my iPhone to record these things. So got a different mic now, got a different setup. I got my computer over here monitoring things. So we'll see if this works better, you know. Rome was a built in a day, and I am by not by nature a YouTube influencer or a podcaster, but here we find ourselves in the midst of 2023. So anyway, today we're going to pick up with Acts chapter 2. We're going we're gonna to be reading the story of Pentecost today. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what happened at Pentecost Sunday, Acts 2, uh, 1 through um, 13, and then tomorrow we'll start um, Peter's sermon. So let's read Acts 2. Um, one through, what did I say? One through 13. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it settled, it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. At this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard in their own native language them speaking. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are these, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthenians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phagira and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Serene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. Okay, so this is Pentecost Sunday where the Holy Spirit came. There's a lot There's a lot to unpack in this passage. Let's talk first about what Pentecost is, um, both in a Christian and Jewish sense. Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. One of the things that we don't always think about and understand is that Pentecost was a Jewish holiday uh, festival before it was a Christian one. That's why all of these individuals were gathered here is because they were they were Jews. Uh, they were those that were Jewish or proselytes, but being those that were converting, they had gathered in Jerusalem for the um for the festival. Uh, this was a this was a festival of first fruits. It was a harvest festival. It was one of the one of the um, festivals where the Jewish men were commanded instructed to come to Jerusalem to worship. There, there were several holidays and festivals in the Jewish tradition where they were instructed to come worship at the temple. And this was one of them. That's why they were gathered there. So Pentecost, we see it as a Christian holiday, but it was first a Jewish holiday. And many of our Christian holidays or festivals or feasts or days are tied to Jewish. So Easter's always connected to Passover. And Pentecost is both Jewish and Christian. Two different things. One of the things that's happened with Pentecost throughout the years is that for the Jewish tradition now, Pentecost is the day uh, to remember the giving of the Torah uh, when Moses received the five books from God. So, and that's why I think it's very interesting to see how Pentecost from a Christian tradition and from a Jewish tradition are tied together in that same way. Because in the Jewish tradition, they celebrate the giving of the Torah. We Christians, we celebrate the giving of the Holy Spirit. So we see both of these traditions within within each each of these traditions and it's about God giving his followers what they need 
to follow him. So from a Christian perspective, let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, on Pentecost, the Spirit fell. We see it fall upon each of the disciples. Verse 3, divided tongues as a fire appeared to each of them, and a tongue rested upon each of them. Okay, we see the Spirit fall upon all the disciples, and they are filled with the Spirit. They're able to preach, teach, and these such things. What's interesting in Scripture, if you go back pre-Pentecost, the analogy I use is pre-Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was a rifle shot. Pentecost, moving forward, was a buckshot. So what you see in Scripture pre-Pentecost is this. You will see the Holy Spirit falling upon individuals. So you'll see in the Old Testament prophets, you'll see them say, and the Spirit came upon so-and-so, or the Spirit came upon such-and-such. It's like the Spirit came specifically on that person, and we see it so much with the prophets. You see it with David. You see it with Moses. You see the Holy Spirit resting upon an individual. It was very targeted at an individual. What you see Pentecost moving forward is that the Spirit is open to everyone. It falls upon everyone, and all have access to the Spirit. From a Wesleyan perspective, we speak of prevenient grace. That's God's grace given to us that's, that calls us into salvation. If you remember our, our, our James study, in James, we talked about how the Bible tells us that all good gifts come from above. So we see in James that if it's in your life and it's good, it's a gift of God's grace. Well, how do we receive grace? We receive grace through the Holy Spirit. So anytime you've heard your preacher speak about grace, you've heard your preacher speak about the Holy Spirit because it's through the Holy Spirit that we receive grace. That's how we know grace. That's how we receive grace. It's through the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit falls and now all of these individuals, they have access to the Holy Spirit. They have access to the Holy Spirit. And they begin, Scripture tells us here, it tells us uh, they begin to speak in these languages. And I, and I, I compare this to uh, if you've ever seen uh, one of those United Nations speeches where someone's speaking and everybody's got their headphones on and then they hear the language translated in their own language. That's kind of what's happening here. They're speaking or they're preaching or they're teaching and the, everyone is hearing in their own language. And I think this is, to me, this is what's cool about Scripture. One of the ways that I love to understand Scripture is through a beautiful concept that N.T. Wright talked about. I'm going to include this N.T. Wright video in the description below uh, so that you can see it. It's one of my favorite videos of all time. N.T. Wright describes Scripture as a symphony. And you understand it by looking at the whole. And once you understand the whole of this music, you can then look at individual parts. Then you can look at the woodwinds or the percussions or whatever. That's how scripture is. Scripture is a beautiful, holistic picture from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. It's a beautiful symphony. And once you understand that story from beginning to end, then you can look at individual parts. And once you understand the whole story, you see how it all fits together. So Pentecost is a great example. God's always in the restoration and recovery business. So let's compare Pentecost to Babel. And in fact, Pentecost is, if you will, the correction of Babel. Because at Babel, the many, I'm sorry, the one entered into Babel in Genesis, Genesis 11. And because of their sin, the one became many. They came together as one people. They came with one language. Because of their pride and their sin at Babel, the many, the one became many. They were scattered. They had many languages. Let's contract that with Pentecost. 
At Pentecost, what do we see? The many, all these groups listed here in verses 8, 9, 10, 11. The many come together. And because the Holy Spirit, the many become one. Pentecost is the correction of Babel. At Babel, the one, because of human sin, become many. At Pentecost, the many, because the Holy Spirit, become one. God is always in the correcting business. God's in the restoration business. God is fixing what sin has broken. Pentecost for us as Christians is that day where God begins to correct a process through the Holy Spirit. And at Pentecost, the Spirit falls. And every individual, not just specific people, not just prophets, not just kings, not just specific people, but everyone has access to the Holy Spirit. All people, saved folk, lost folk, through prevenient grace, every one of us received good gifts, good gifts. Lost folk, folk that don't ever know Jesus, they can know love, the love of a child, a beautiful sunset, good music. That's prevenient grace. These are good gifts that come from God. The Bible says all good gifts come from God, the Father above. So if it's in your life and it's good, it's God's grace given to you. That grace is given to the Holy Spirit. That is God's gift of the Spirit given to all of us. So at Pentecost, the Spirit enters the world. And the Spirit is God's hmm, redemptive element, if you will. This person of the Trinity, this person of the Trinity, he's about restoration. He's about bringing us to right relationship with the Father through the Son. And the Spirit is the way that we know God's grace. So God, just as Pentecost was the redemption or the restoration of what was broken at Babel, in all of our lives, we live, see, you hear my, you hear my timer there? That's telling me I've been talking for 10 minutes, so it's time to stop. <laughs> the Holy Spirit gives us grace to restore what's broken in our life. So in our life today and each day, the Holy Spirit comes, the Holy Spirit gives us life, the Holy Spirit restores. So Pentecost for us as Christians is a key day because in this moment, the Spirit comes. In this moment, the Spirit falls. In this moment, God restores what sin is corrupted. And in our life each day, God longs to restore what sin is corrupted. So today, I pray you know the Spirit. Read the Word. Pray. Worship. Seek God. We seek God through the Spirit because the Spirit that calls us in the right relationship with Him. But when we seek God, we receive the Spirit and we grow closer. So today, I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit and hope you are too. Tomorrow, we'll talk a little bit more about Pentecost. We'll actually look at uh, at Peter's sermon, and we'll spend some time in that tomorrow. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Hope you have a great rest of your day. See you.